Father, we thank you that you have been faithful to teach us your way. You sent your word to your people Israel. You worked in our history throughout these 3,500 years. And when we study your word, alone or together, we often sense that you have met with us. We thank you for teaching us your way. Now we ask you to help us to walk in your truth, that our hearts might fear your name. Today, in this room, at this time, we ask your spirit to be manifest and to teach us your way, that we might walk in your paths and bring glory and honor to you. We ask in Messiah's name. Amen. Amen. I've asked Sean, who's so helpful, to, you may be seated, to put up the passage again that we're looking at t today. And I want us to read this together. Yeah, I hope you can see it. It's talking about, about Jacob. That's the he here. And he's on the river Yabak. He has heard that his brother uh, Esau, whom he left behind 20 years earlier, whom he... Uh, from whom he uh, maneuvered the birthright and who wanted to kill him the last time he saw him, uh, Esau is now on the way to meet him with 400 men. And Jacob is terrified. And so what he does is he takes many of his possessions and he divides them into, into packages, so to speak, uh, the, the, the least precious first flocks and herds, then the children of, of, of his wife's handmaids, then the children of Leah, and last of all, the child of Rachel, his favorite wife. He's hoping that if his brother is really enraged and are coming out to kill him, that these gifts will appease his brother. I just want to say, we're not going to look at it today, but the fact is, is that Esau, and I want you all to remember this, when Esau meets him, he meets him with nothing but graciousness. Uh, this teaches us, should teach us for our lives, that sometimes we have people in a category of bad guy, you know, and we never let them out of that category. But people are complex. Uh, Esau was a fool. I preached on him being a fool. But today he's an icon in this Parsha, 
He's an icon. He forgives his brother. He embraces him warmly. It's really very beautiful. So, uh, now they haven't yet met. Jacob has now sent his wives, his children, his handmaids, his flocks, his herds, his servants out ahead of him to appease Jacob, and he's afraid. So let's read together. You can read out loud. He got up that night, took his two wives, his two slave girls, and his 11 children, and forded the Yabak. He took them and sent them across the stream, then sent his possessions across, and Jacob was left alone. Then some man wrestled with him until daybreak. When he saw that he did not defeat Yaakov, he struck Yaakov's hip socket so that his hip was dislocated while wrestling with him. The man said, let me go because it is daybreak. But Yaakov replied, I won't let you go unless you bless me. The man asked, what is your name? He said, Yaakov. Yaakov means the one who supplants or the one who who takes advantage and, and replaces. Then the man said, from now on, you will no longer be called Yaakov, but Israel, because you have shown your strength to both God and men and have prevailed. Yaakov asked him, please tell me your name. But he answered, why are you asking about my name? And blessed him there. Yaakov called the place Peniel, face of God, because I have seen God face to face, yet my life is spared. As the sun rose upon him, he went on past Peniel, limping at the hip. We can leave it at that, limping at the hip. So now uh, we go to the PowerPoint for today's presentation. Thank you, Sean. Wrestling with God. Wounded for our healing. I've, oh, I've just got to remember. I've got the, I've got the magic device. Just a second. It's around here somewhere. There it is. Okay, Sean. I've been a good boy. I'm doing what you asked me to do. Thank you. I'm going to back up. This story about Jacob is not just about him. It's about you. It's about me. It's about the people of God. And we should prepare ourselves for pivotal times of crisis in our lives. Pivotal times when our relationship with God and our concept of ourself is being renegotiated. That's going to happen from time to time in your life. A crisis is something which is a vitally important or decisive state of things, a point at which change must come for better or for worse. That's where Jacob is in this story. He's at a crisis point, a a point where something's got to change. And God is going to change him. And you, too, 
uh, I'm just smiling because I'm thinking about my own life. There have been times in my life that were transformational times. They were not always happy times. They were difficult times. But there were times that I went through spiritual shift, a spiritual change. God is going is to do that with you. And if he does, if you don't think he is, ask him to. Because these times are crucial in life. And we're going to learn a lot about them right now. John F. Kennedy in, uh, uh, took the Chinese word for crisis and he drew a conclusion that many people have imitated since. The fact is he was a little wrong about Chinese, but it's become very popular and motivational speakers use this all the time. They say that when written in Chinese, the word crisis is compounded of two characters. One represents danger and the other represents opportunity. That, in other words, a crisis is a place where danger and opportunity meet. And that is, although it's bad Chinese, it's good advice. That's true for us. These kinds of crises are times of, of danger where something, we're in danger of losing something. We're in danger of losing our way. We're in danger of losing our progress with God. But it's also an opportunity for a quantum leap. So, this is where Jacob finds himself, at this intersection of danger and of opportunity. Interestingly, our text says a man came and wrestled with him there. It's not J Jacob who initiates the wrestling. It is God who initiates the wrestling. And he will do that with you. He'll do that with me. He's done that with me. I want to say, at first, you're not going to likely realize that it's God who's brought you to this place. At first, you're going to hate the place you're at. You're going to resent it. You're going to just want to be done with it. But it's God who has brought you here. The time has come for Jacob to change or to die. So we're going to look together for a moment, and this is a short contemplation. It takes a lifetime to work out, but it's going to take me about 12 minutes to tell you. Let's look at the stages of God's wrestling to change us. First, God initiates the crisis, the time when change must come. I want to modify that. Jacob got into trouble because of his own mistakes and his own behavior. So in a sense, Jacob initiated it. But God meets us in that point, and he uses that crisis, that miserable situation, that mess, uh, to instruct us and to change us. People get into messes. We do. People make, we, you know, we make foolish mistakes. I don't mean to be insulting, but... I'm, let me just say, I, in my life, have made foolish mistakes. I'm at a stage in my life where I think about certain mistakes I, I've made every day. Every day, they bother me. They want, they, we make foolish mistakes. But God will use that awareness 
to change us if we're available to be changed. When not all of us are available, you'll see that in a moment. At first, we will persist and prevail. Uh, at first, uh, we persist. We wrestle with the awareness of what God wants to do. So we persist in our way of dealing with things, of thinking about things, of looking at things. And we resist. We resist being self-aware and we resist change. You know, we don't want to face the truth about ourselves very often. And we fight against it. We think the situation is all wrong. We think it's unfair. We think we don't deserve this. We think all kinds of self-justifying things. So just as Jacob is wrestling with that man, so we wrestle against being aware of our bad ways, our, our inadequate ways of dealing with things. That was Jacob's problem. He's a maneuverer. You know, and God kind of got through to him with Laban because Laban was more of a maneuverer than, than Jacob ever was. God, in effect, was saying, you want to play that game? Watch this. So he spent 20 years or so with a, fa a father-in-law who is a much more adept maneuverer than he is. And now Jacob, there he's at the Yabak. We don't know, but maybe he's thinking, boy, here comes my brother. I have, been such, I have been such a maneuverer. I have been such a manipulator. I can't manipulate myself out of this situation. And he is he's struggling with fear of his brother, maybe with, with the dawning self-awareness. But at first, at first when we're in a mess, I guarantee you this is true, we're just aware of the mess. And we, pers we persist in wrestling against the awareness that we've brought ourselves to this place. And we, we, we resist change. Our first impulse is to think, this situation has got to change. Yes. But it's us that has to change. Yes. And it takes a while for us to realize that. For some people, uh, they realize it quickly because they have tender consciences, because they've been responsive to the work of God in their life up to that point. For some people, it takes a long time, and some people never face the truth about themselves. And anyone who cannot face the truth about themselves cannot discover the truth about God. It's a tragic thing. So we go on. So what does God do? In the midst of the wrestling, God wounds Jacob. This is such great stuff. Man, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. God wounds him. He wounds him in order to incapacitate his wrestling. You see? And he'll do that with you too, if you're lucky. If you're lucky, he'll wound you so that your resistance to God is weakened. That's a great mercy. Jacob will have a limp for the rest of his life. But I guarantee you, he's going to thank God for that limp every single day. Because that limp is a, a souvenir, a, mem a, a memorial 
of the time when everything changed for him. It's, it's just great stuff. It's so dramatic. God wounds him. Now, is this person wrestling with him literally God? We don't know. Jacob calls it, I've seen the face of God. This is certainly God's representative. It is, it is certainly God's agent acting in God's stead as God's messenger, as his shaliach. God wounds Jacob. Oh, I can't get over the drama of this. He wounds him. He will wound you in the midst of your wrestling. And it may not take one night. It may, take, may, may not take a month. It may take, it may take months. It may take years. But God has to wound you in order to break you of your defense mechanisms against facing the truth about yourself and seeking the change that he wants to give you. Jacob realizes that God is in this, as will we. Eventually, eventually, maybe after wounding, some people maybe can get away without being wounded because they're, they're much quicker to respond. But eventually, somewhere in the process, you say, wait a minute. I think maybe God is trying to get through to me. That's an extraordinary moment. That is a bolt of heavenly light. That's what happens. At first, Jacob is, is wrestling with the man in order to, to expel him, in order to fight him off. And somewhere in the midst of it, he decides, oh no, I'm not going to fight him off. I'm going to hold on to him. Isn't that great? Same thing with you. You're in that pivotal matter. You're in your mess. You're in maybe a series of messes. Uh, and, and, and your life has become chaotic. And at first you fight off the awareness of, 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 of how you've done this to yourself. You're blaming everybody. You're blaming the woman. You're blaming her mother. You're blaming your children. You're blaming your boss. You're blaming society. You're blaming somebody. You're blaming your parents. You're blaming somebody. You're blaming everybody. And then you begin to come to the realization is it I? Is it me? And then you come to the realization, uh, maybe God is in this. That's what happens to Jacob. He starts by fighting off this awareness and this, this intrusion. And then he hold, hangs on and he says, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. I am not going to kiss this situation goodbye. I am not going to get rid of it. I want to learn from this. Oh, man. I could almost cry. I could almost cry at this. This is so human. This is so us. Jacob, Jacob the shifter. Jacob, Jacob says, no, this is God. Uh, This is God. I'm ready. I want to learn from this. I'm desperate to learn from this. I will not let you go unless you bless me. I will not let the situation pass unless I get out of it what I must get out of it. Oh, man. That's great stuff. So Jacob seeks and finds blessing. The 
the wrestler says to him, what's your name? Now he knows his name. But he, he says, uh, 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 I'm Shiftless Charlie, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm Jacob the Manipulator. That's what he says. I'm Yaakov. He says, I want you to tell me, who are you? Jacob went into this encounter as the maneuverer, the, the wheeler-dealer. So he says, what's your name? He says, I'm the wheeler-dealer. He says, not anymore. This idea of names is really his identity. He says, your name shall no longer be wheeler-dealer. Your name is now the one who wrestled with God and prevailed. He gives him a new identity. Actually, what it is, is he gives him a new reputation to live up to. And that's something that God wants to do with us. Many of us, I carry certain negative names about myself. I keep telling you how old I am because I just can't get over it. I, you know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. My sister's seven years older than me, and she's more mystified than I am. You know, but even at this stage in my life, I have a certain self-concept that is negative, that is a vestige of failures in the past and of mistreatment in the past. And God wants to give you a new identity, a new reputation to live up to. Don't say you're Jacob anymore. Yeah. Don't say, I'm the wheeler dealer. Yeah. Now, yeah. you're the one who wrestled with God and man, yeah. and you prevailed. Yeah. That's a new identity. Yeah. My sisters, and my brothers, my friends, God wants to do that with every one of us. He wants to change the way we think about ourselves if we will change the way we deal with God and the way we're willing to face the truth about ourselves and let God in. That's the only way it happens. So, change. He's got a new reputation to live up to. So finally, life goes on. Jacob continues on his journey. He's got a limp now a permanent dislocated hip. No chiropractors for him. No osteopaths, no anything. He's wounded and therefore healed. Bless your wounds. Blessed are the wounds of a friend. If God wounds you, give thanks for those wounds. Because whom the Lord loves, he chastens. If God doesn't bother with you, then worry. But if God wounds you, it's a good thing. Blessed. Blessed are the wounds of a friend. So there it is. So let's sit in the moment. Maybe somebody's here who has just been realizing, wait a minute, 
maybe this disaster I'm dealing with, this mess I've gotten into, this mess, which if I'm honest with myself, is so much my own fault. Maybe God wants to deal with me on this. Maybe he wants to wrestle with you. My advice to you, to myself, and to all of us all the time, face the truth about yourself. Always. Don't be afraid. Face the worst about yourself. God already knows. Don't be like Jacob was trying to, you know, when Jake goes off to Badanaram, he tells God, I'll tell you what, I'll build an altar here, and if you'll be my God, and if you'll bring me back safe from my brother, then I'll give you a tenth of everything I possess. He, makes a, he drives a wager with God. He says, I'll tell you what, God, if you do right by me, I'll do right by you. That's not the way you deal with God. He's a wheeler and a dealer. Face the truth about yourself. God knows Ask God to speak to you in your messes. Ask God to change the way you operate, which is really so much what this is about. To change the way, the word is your style. To change your style. And when God changes your style, he changes your name. He gives you a new reputation to live up to. Let's pray. God, your truth is too big, too deep, too wide, too powerful for these lips and this mind to encompass. We have just touched the hem of this garment. But I pray for us that the story of Jacob, where he comes to terms with his own style, and where he changes from being a person who wants to fight off self-awareness and fight off the demands of God, he changes to one who will not let you go unless you bless him. May that be us. May we people be people who wrestle with you not to fight you off, but to bring you close. Help us. We thank you for this bolt of light in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen.